listening to Dirty Feet, and this is Alison Burns recording from Odd Studios in Ottawa, Ontario. We're continuing our coverage of the Dark Horse Dance Projects, or DHDP, taking place July 21st and 22nd, 2016. This episode and the following episode, we're going to be speaking to all of the artists who are presenting work as part of the 2016 edition of DHDP. The episode will be bilingual with the majority of the conversation taking place in English and some French as well. Enjoy. We're going to dive into our interviews with the artists presenting work at the 2016 Dark Horse Dance Project Showcase, uh, which is uh, coming up this July here in Ottawa, Ontario. And uh, we're going to start off with a solo artist, uh, a francophone solo artist. Alors, on va faire un petit euh, franglais. Je vais demander mes questions en anglais, puis elle va me répondre en français. I'm going to be speaking with Alexanne Couture, who is uh, presenting uh, solo, as I mentioned, for Dark Horse Project. Uh, Allô! Merci d'être venu. <laughs> I would like to know, uh, for, for starters, you're... you're um, from Quebec and yeah. you studied at the School of Dance. So right. this is kind of how you find yourself here in the city and how you <laughs> find yourself wrapped up in the Dark Horse Project. So right off the bat, um, before we get into your work itself, I would love to know what it means for you to be presenting work in Ottawa, to be a part of this showcase. Um, C'est la deuxième édition eh, cette année. Puis j'étais pas là l'an dernier, donc je m'embarque dans un projet où est-ce que j'ai vu quelques vidéos, quelques publicités. Mais euh, je pourrais pas vous dire qu'est-ce que ça va donner. Mais je sais que c'est un projet vraiment intéressant pour les artistes émergents, justement, qui veulent essayer euh, leur travail pour le présenter là, en spectacle. Let's talk about the work that you have chosen to present here. Um, is this something that you had in mind to put together anyway, or is it something that you created specifically for this piece, for this context? Um, cette année, j'ai beaucoup travaillé dans une compagnie, donc j'étais vraiment plus euh, dans un frame, si on veut, d'un style de danse. Donc, ça me manquait un petit peu d'avoir mes propres mouvements, mes propres projets. Donc, euh, j'ai carrément créé un nouveau projet pour le festival, dans le fond. Euh, je suis partie d'une idée qui était assez précise, mais dans le monde de, de la création, souvent, ça change de direction. Donc, ça l'a pas... Ça l'a un petit peu donné quest ce que je m'attendais, mais c'est peut-être plus le début de quelque chose. Donc, c'est vraiment un travail que j'ai beaucoup plus expérimenté pour le moment. Là. And what, uh, what themes have you landed on or what are you experimenting with um, right now? J'ai décidé de m'inspirer des euh, citations qu'on nous dit ou les proverbes qu'on nous euh, enseigne pendant notre vie. Donc, j'ai beaucoup, j'ai demandé à quelques gens si leurs parents ou leurs proches leur disaient souvent des, des citations, des quotes, si on veut, euh, pour les, nous aider dans la vie. Parce que je trouve que c'est beaucoup présent dans notre vie. C'est comme beaucoup un style spirituel, si on veut. Puis euh, de plus en plus sur les réseaux sociaux, c'est vraiment présent. Puis je trouvais que dans un sens, ça peut nous aider. Mais dans un sens, ça ne veut pas vraiment dire quelque chose non plus. Donc, c'est un petit peu ça que j'ai essayé d'expérimenter. Puis comme je disais, je m'attendais à un certain résultat qui est là, mais qui est peut-être juste le début de, de quelque chose en ce moment -là. 
Oh, that's interesting. So <laughs> what what would be uh, your next step after this project uh, with this work in particular? Um, c'est sûr que je voulais intégrer plus de, de moments théâtrales. Donc, je pense que j'ai besoin d'aller chercher peut-être une petite formation ou un petit quelque chose qui va m'aider un petit peu plus à aller dans cette direction-là. Parce qu'au niveau du mouvement, tout le monde dans la vie peut créer du mouvement. Marcher, c'est un mouvement. Tout dans la vie est un mouvement. Donc, pour ce qui est du mouvement, ça va bien de mon côté. C'est vraiment plus au niveau de la structure, de, des passages plus théâtrales que j'aimerais travailler. Donc, ça va prendre un petit peu de temps là, à avoir la partie 2, si on veut, là, de mon projet jusqu'à maintenant. I love how your answer was given this dramatic flair with the music coming through from the next group who is currently in tech uh, that we'll be speaking to in a moment. Working solo as a, as a choreographer, understanding from your first answer that you're you're exploring your own expression mm -hmm. after dancing for for another company is this uh, a choice that you made so that you can explore that physically yourself what is it about creating solo work specifically that intrigues you is it more the dancer perspective of it or is it the the choreographic choice ça dépend des gens pour moi c'était vraiment plus un moment pour augmenter ma confiance dans mon travail, ma confiance de juste présenter en tant que soloiste. Donc, c'était un petit peu la base pourquoi que je voulais faire un solo. Euh, fait qu'il n'y a pas vraiment de raison. Ça pourrait être un duo, ça pourrait... Puis peut-être que ce serait plus intéressant, justement, avoir plusieurs personnes sur scène. On ne le sait pas. Euh, c'est sûr que c'est vraiment différent travailler en solo parce que... Puis d'être chorégraphe et interprète en même temps parce que on ne voit pas nécessairement le travail qu'on est en train de créer, puis on ne voit pas les opportunités, euh, dans quelle direction on pour, pourrait aller, ou sinon les idées qui nous viennent avec ça. Donc, c'était vraiment plus difficile que qu ce que je pensais, mais je suis quand même satisfaite parce que tout vient de moi. Donc, c'est vraiment le fun pour ça. Là. Great. Yeah, it's, solo work is very, very difficult to accomplish. <laughs> uh, have you worked with, uh, with any outside eyes or oui, mentorship? Oui, oui, oui. j'ai travaillé avec une de mes bonnes amies en danse, justement. Donc, on se connaît quand même assez bien au niveau de, de la danse. Puis, je vais vraiment partager les idées ou ce que je voulais faire. Donc, elle me connaît bien sur cet aspect-là, que j'aime beaucoup faire des critiques un peu drôle ou satirique, si on veut, de mes idées. Donc, euh, puis elle a déjà fait partie d'une de mes pièces ultérieurement quand j'étais à l'école. Donc, on se connaît beaucoup au niveau de, du style que je voulais mettre. Donc, euh, elle m'a beaucoup aidée là, pour ça, la partie de mes idées, là, puis être sûre d'être dans la bonne direction. Là. To kind of bring this full circle, you, you currently live in Gatineau and you're working in, in Ottawa in, in the field of dance. Um, how, how is that going for you? On est vraiment, c'est vraiment différent aussi des autres villes comme Montréal. C'est vraiment une très grande ville au niveau de la danse. Donc, je trouve que c'est vraiment le fun de pouvoir partager notre travail où est-ce qu'on a étudié avec les gens qu'on connaît bien, vu que c'est une petite communauté. Donc, les gens sont vraiment sympathiques, ils nous encouragent. Donc, c'est vraiment une famille. Comme en ce moment, je ne fais pas vraiment un spectacle, je suis juste avec ma famille, puis on partage la même passion qui est la danse. Any, any last words to audience members? Ben, venez nous voir. Je pense que ça va être vraiment varié au niveau des styles. Beaucoup d'accessoires, beaucoup de, de choses excitantes. Donc, je pense que ça vaut la peine de venir faire un tour. Et merci beaucoup. I've been speaking with Alexandre Couture, who is presenting a solo work as part of the Dark Horse Dance Project uh, here in Ottawa. Thank you. Merci.
Next up for our coverage of the Dark Horse Dance Project, I'm going to be speaking with Amber Green, who is uh, the choreographer of the, the next piece. We're going to be talking about the, the music from which we heard during my uh, last conversation with Alexanne. Uh, we're also going to be speaking with Maxime Nadeau and Audrey Papineau, who are the performers in this work. Uh, Amber herself is not in the piece, so we're going from a, a self-choreographed solo to the completely different recipe for choreography. So Amber, Maxime, and Audrey are all graduates from the Ottawa School of Dance as well. And uh, I would love to to hear from, from each of you about uh, what it means to participate in Dark Horse and to perform here in Ottawa. Currently, uh, two of the three of you still live here in the city, and uh, Audrey has just moved to uh, Montreal. So here we go. How about Dark Horse? Well, uh, Dark Horse last year, I was actually a performer. I was able to have the opportunity to, it was my first personal experience, or professional experience, I should say, personal and professional. But um, it was actually, I volunteered last year for this, so now this year it's actually nice to be in the choreographer's position because I got to perform last year, so I decided that I was like, oh, I'll just try a new role and uh, put some ideas on, I guess, the dance floor instead of paper. Um, I got to explore with uh, poetry. I um, looked into documentaries and different things like that. So it was very wonderful to actually have the opportunity to have a professional um, forum to actually show the world what I'm thinking, I guess, and give them a little insight into Amber Green's brain. uh, it also gave me the opportunity, well, Dark Horse gives it, us the opportunity to um, help emerging artists gain more professional experience as well. That was one of my my main goals of getting into Dark Horse and writing the application is because I had the opportunity last year, so I wanted to provide the opportunity for other artists who may not have been or just graduated, may not be working at this moment and getting paid for it, which is wonderful. <laughs> so um, Dark Horse is like a, a big family for me. It's a lot of people who have come from the School of Dance and I've watched grow or um, they've inspired me to grow as artists as well. So Dark Horse, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful way to see people again and kind of... Uh, grow our community in the Ottawa area as opposed to artists leaving to the big city centers and yeah hopefully our world will get a little bit bigger here in Ottawa in the dance community it'd be really nice to have a little bit more exposure and not necessarily have to um, go to places like the NAC and be a big company in order to share your thoughts and your dreams and yeah I guess that's pretty much it. <laughs> Thank you, Amber. Uh, Maxime and Audrey, do you have anything to add? Ben, dans le fond, moi, j'ai commencé au début du processus avec Amber. Um, dans mon cas, moi, c'est ma première expérience professionnelle. Je viens juste, juste de graduer en juin dernier de, de School of Dance. Uh, fait c'était de pouvoir me prouver à moi-même en sortant de l'école qu'il y avait des opportunités pour moi ici à Ottawa. Même si j'ai décidé de vivre ailleurs, j'ai envie de faire éclore le milieu de la danse ici. C'est quelque chose qui me passionne beaucoup. C'est important pour moi aussi. Moi aussi, j'ai des ambitions, c'est ça, de, 
de chorégraphe et tout ça. Fait que je partageais un peu la même, la même idée que Amber de pouvoir justement avoir une opportunité comme artiste émergent de montrer ce qu'on est capable de faire puis en même temps de permettre à notre communauté euh, soit des danseurs qui sont d'ici à Ottawa ou à la communauté extérieure de venir euh, pousser le marché ici, là, de l'art. For me, uh, Dance Horse Project is a good opportunity to showcase a few, like anybody who likes to dance, we should all share the same passion and it's a great platform to, uh, to be able to, to move and to experiment something that you wouldn't have the chance to, to do otherwise. So uh, I think this year the, the formula is really great. So it's a little vignettes, it's really short pieces. So a choreographer as well as dancer have the chance to experiment something new. And for me, when Amber asked me if I wanted to do it, of course I said yes. It was no, no question asked, I'm, I'm in, and I'm gonna follow you in that, in that crazy thing that we call dance. And I have insider information that you actually came in uh, later into the process and you're replacing another dancer. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I did. Um, so Amber and Audrey and Jeff d all did the work together. So they created this piece. They had this, this, well, a lot of images. They, they didn't have movements and they had textures. And uh, then I came in because Jeff had... Uh, something going on and you couldn't do it so I jumped in and it is hard at the same time for me because me and Jeff are really different people we have different way of dancing different like bodies. different body types and uh, it is great to to see how the movement and the dance is fluid it, it's never fixed in in time and space you can always move around it and shape it a different way so you can express the same thing so there was a lot of adaptation when you came into the role to, of course to make yes it your own. yes yeah. oh, wonderful so let's talk about this work amber uh you do you mentioned text there's some voiceover happening at the kind of the bookends of the work through this form and through dance and through the mise-en-scene, the lighting and all the rest of it, you're kind of constructing something. How do you define or differentiate uh, what message you're, you're giving in what form? I started off with the word control because in my life, I guess that's a big factor. It's like, what do I control? What can't I control? And I'm kind of one of those people that plays between, you know, how the wind blows you in a certain direction or you're actually making something happen for yourself. So I'm kind of more, I like to think that I'm more of the, I have the control of my own destiny and where I'm going. But through watching certain documentaries, I also have a background in global politics and human geography from university. So it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the hidden messages underneath like some of the institutions or structures that are um, supposed to control chaos and promote order. And for me, how they're restricting in a way to some people. Some people flourish with like regulations and restrictions and some people are 
subdued and defeated by them, right? So I was looking at all the aspects of control and how it influences my life and others' lives too. So, for example, the education system, there's like when you sign a birth certificate for your child, you're technically signing over the rights to that person, to the government, to do whatever they want with them. Like schooling, mandatory schooling, mandatory vaccinations, things like that obviously goes into, for me, I have a hard time controlling my emotions, right? So feeling something inside, but not necessarily letting other people know what's really going on. Because in my world, when I was growing up, people told you not to cry and not to you weren't you weren't really allowed to show your emotions so it's like yeah just push them under the table don't you know just go on with your life it's what you have to do and then there's also like the control aspect with or I guess the dynamic between a couple where you're both trying to find your own independence your own control between each other as well or having somebody manipulate you in a way that you don't really know so almost having like an invisible hand or an invisible prison that keeps you from really doing what you deep down inside really want to do morally or yeah just personally basically living somebody else's illusion or 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 yeah basing your thoughts on somebody else's illusions or your beliefs on somebody else's beliefs but thinking that that's truly yours Yeah, so that's the basis of my piece, I guess, is control in general in all aspects. So, yeah. So how does it uh, manifest? How does it come out and tell you this part is going to be this movement, this part is going to be all about the face, this part is going to be Hmm. about the words? Well, that's very hard, actually. So at first, we based the movement off of... A test that actually uh, told you whether or not you were, um, I guess it's an internal uh, form of control or an external form of control. That's what I was talking about when I was saying um, basically the, the winds that blow you in a certain direction would be uh, some, someone who has an, an external focus of control. Whereas an internal focus of control would be the person who molds their own space and their own path So more so. So we started off our movement, actually. So Audrey was more of an internal focus individual. So we did all of her movements based on that internal... Impulse? Yes, impulse. And whereas Jeff was more, when we were making it up, was more the external. I'm not really sure what Max would have tested, but he was, yeah. So Audrey started off very internal and then expanded because she didn't like the regulations, right? Whereas Max, he starts out and big and then slowly becomes defeated in his movement, so it becomes smaller. So I used kind of like an invisible prison, like a fabric in there, where it's actually Audrey's size, but Max has to fit in it, who is six foot two. Yeah, and Audrey's five four. <laughs> so in that, it's kind of um a metaphor for like the whole aspect of control and how we both or they both experience it differently so that was a big thing for me I felt like the words had to be in there 
not necessarily to explain because you don't necessarily want to slap the person in the face with the actual this is what this piece of art is about right you want to make them have their own thoughts and opinions about it right what is this about for me so I talked about mostly from my experience like the questions that were going on in my head subliminally I guess that that subconscious so that part and I'm a very intellectual person so I like to go to that and I got to use my university background and things like that for exploring researching so that's where the words came in because I, I I wanted to give some people something to think about like we are we're afraid to ask questions now that was a big part of like a lot of the docu documentaries that I watch so asking questions so I started it off with just asking questions the whole time and then eventually it just developed into like trying to make people actually see what's going on like you, know, you may not notice it but you know maybe I'll just like plant that seed in somebody's head and they'll actually start thinking about it which is interesting or or feel something and at the end for me because dancing is very emotional I wanted to and I'm I'm usually somebody who likes melancholy and suffering and things like that so that was kind of like the way I wanted to end my piece but it was I also wanted to explore like the funny parts of this whole like I don't want to make people depressed or anything like that so I wanted to throw some play with some funny things because I'm not usually someone who gets to put those in there so I wanted to make people laugh because I don't I don't want you to think that it's like the be all and end all of the world like it's if you are in prison that you're never going to get out of it that's why I was like it's your decision it's always your decision who you are any last words from you three I guess I just want to say thank you to everybody who made this event possible um, and to my dancers for working so hard and uh, yeah to Jeffrey for helping me make this piece with Audrey at the beginning and he'll be there on Thursday to watch so I'm very excited <laughs> otherwise yeah uh, come out and see the show <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be a good one. Uh, I've just been speaking with Amber Green, the choreographer of one of the works for the Dark Horse Dance Project, and also Maxime Nadeau and Audrey Papineau, who are the interprets for the uh, performance. All right. Thanks very much. The next artist we're going to be speaking to is uh, Lisa Hebert, who is a choreographer who was actually one of uh, one of the first to graduate from the School of Dance. You were in the the flagship uh, <laughs> class, is that right? <laughs> yes. Yep. Definitely uh, one of the originals. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. And back uh, to I assume proudly present work a solo piece for the Dark Horse Dance Project. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really really thrilled to be working with this many amazing creative minds <laughs> yeah excellent and this is kind of a return to creation for you after a bit of a break mm -hmm. um what is it about the this showcase that felt like the right opportunity to do this um i think i mean the timing was good for me personally but it was also that i, I really believe in what these women are doing that we need to keep our artists close to home. We need to keep our artists creating here um, and presenting here and, and going abroad and coming back. But it, it's really nice to be a, a part of um, a group of people who are really dedicated to 
Just enriching the environment and enriching the local voice and conversation about dance and the variety of artists we have here. And this has already been a, a popular topic of conversation mm. uh, in these interviews. And you in particular have done a lot of, of traveling and working in different places around the world and the country. And um, so you have this this perspective on on mm-hmm. Ottawa yeah and uh, can you maybe give us give us broad strokes about about what your impressions of the Ottawa dance community are at the moment oh wow I think at the moment there are some really uh, vibrant voices that are really exploring um, fearlessly right now and I for me that's really exciting because I've, I've witnessed the Ottawa dance scene for I'm going to say almost two decades now. <laughs> um, and, and there are definitely ebbs and flows. And, and right now I feel um, that there are a lot of young, really driven and incredibly talented people, but they're really pushing um, their own creativity and pushing the audience to look at a lot of different points of view of what it means to be a contemporary dancer or performer on these stages here. So let's talk about uh, your perspective. Let's talk about your work, this solo project that you're presenting. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is it about to start with? I'm not totally sure what it's about. (laughs) Um, It's been a journey for me because I I haven't been in this creation mode since, um, well, since I was pregnant for my my daughter, which would have been... (coughs) I guess close to nine years now. So for me, it's been an exploration of um, when I just first went into the studio to start to move, I had expectations that I would be moving the way I used to move, that I would create the way I used to create. Um, And I mean, I've had two car accidents since then. I had three years of rehab, um, like serious rehab, learning how to like put clothes back on and, you know, reuse my one arm that I couldn't use for a while. And then uh, and then I was also I've been pregnant in that time and I've had a baby and then I've also been teaching yoga um, a lot and studying many different styles of yoga all over North America so my body's not the same (laughs) and and my body's voice isn't the same and so it was a really interesting arc of experiencing almost like an identity crisis at first, <laughs> but then being curious about what was coming out and what was interesting my body um, and different dynamics of moving. But in the end, what, what I came in with and what I'm trying to explore is the idea of um, memory on our body and on our tissues and what, how does it feel to remember and what Um, sensations and um, impulses in the body we get when we go into that sort of reminiscing state or when we when a memory pops up or when a memory pops up out of you uh, at you out of the blue and you have a very physical reaction Um, so those were things I was playing with a lot Um, and also uh, well and water was another big theme for me and that's a whole other long story, but water has always been a, a big theme for me and water is something that, that grounds me and that helps me uh, to feel at peace. So a lot of this choreography was first worked on um, at the shore on some rocks with the water coming in and just you know half an inch of water at my feet and I was actually moving in water, which I was hoping to do 
kind of, but I realize it's too much <laughs> of a big mess to be wetting the entire stage or putting a big pool of water on the stage. So maybe someday this will turn into a piece done in water. <laughs> when you're not sharing the stage with like exactly. two dozen other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lovely. You know, it's, it's endlessly fascinating to me how much information our bodies carry about our lives mm-hmm. and what we do with them. And, and so when you, see, when you see a dancer on stage and you talk about, oh, their personality or their individuality coming mm-hmm. through, that's, what, that's what's happening is you're saying, oh, this, this person has this body history. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't know. Me, I, don't, I don't think to see you move, you would be able to identify your history, but you can right. see that there's something new there. Mm-hmm. That is very exciting. Yeah, it's been terrifying and exciting <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So in, in this eight and a half year period, how did you uh, go without without dance or did you find other ways to I didn't dance? Really, I didn't really go without dance. I, I went without creating and um, and so I, I, I teach yoga at the School of Dance to the contemporary students there. Um, so I'm often taking their classes with them, their daily classes. Anytime there's uh, a guest choreographer or, or a guest teacher, I'm taking those classes as well. So I was still, I am still moving as much as I can. Um, and I, you know, and I have my own yoga practice and movement. And then I, and I also do yoga teacher trainings where I actually bring a lot of what I've learned in dance and what it means to be a mover and what it means to move through space and penetrate space and take up space and not just make one shape after another on a yoga mat. So I'm trying to bring some of that into the yoga teaching (laughs) that I have as well. Um, So yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm still exercising a bit of my own creativity with how I'm trying to teach. Um, And I'm certainly still moving a lot. I'm just not, I haven't been creating until now. <laughs> Clearly all that's been different um, in terms of your approach, but you said that, that you're creating differently as well than you used mm-hmm. to. What is it about the the process that has you changing paths? Well, when I was creating almost a decade ago now, <laughs> um, I was, I mean, especially also the landscape where I, the, the people I looked up to at the time, the sort of what was going on in the dance space, I was really pushing for like driving hard, sharp, really angular, just go until you drop kind of stuff. And I found really circular and fluid and like almost more nuanced movements were coming out of my body that I was so surprised by. Um, And every once in a while I'd revisit some of that sharp, hard, faster stuff and and at first I thought, oh, it doesn't fit, it does not work. Like, now what do I do? Do I go totally fluid and soft? Or do I follow uh, or try to you know, pull back some of the old stuff? And eventually I think I've kind of come to a little bit of a middle ground where I'm exploring the edges of both. Um, and so there are almost like echoes of how I used to work and used to move naturally that are coming in um, almost like a memory um, into the present moment where the present moment is a, is a lot more um, subtle and, and fluid, I think would be, I guess, the, the thing I'm exploring more now that I didn't ever before <laughs> in my own work anyways. This, this memory thematic, is it something that's important for the audience to understand or to 
pick up on or is it what is the audience experience in your work mm. I'm not really one to uh, need the audience to, to understand a narrative or to, to know exactly where I'm coming from because each audience member is coming with their own narrative and their own expectations and and if they know me or not or if they you know or if I, I know I have some people coming from the yoga space who have no idea like what it means to dance <laughs> um, so everyone's coming with their own narrative and their own story I'm hoping that there are moments where people connect with what I'm doing that r reminds them of something in their own lives so I'm not really trying to take them on a journey of my story necessarily um, but uh, yeah I mean it, it it would be nice if they read the program and they know that it's <laughs> working with memory and and echoes and, and that sort of thing um, but I'm happy to have people take away what they take away so. uh, Lisa any last words about your your work or about the dark horse dance project last I'm I'm really thankful I'm thankful for the opportunity and I'm thankful for the support that these girls have given me. Um, it's been a beautifully challenging growing process for me, which I didn't know was going to happen. And I, I at some points I didn't want it to happen, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm really, I feel like I'm hungry to keep going. I'm hungry for more. So it's been a really nice, way to be surrounded and supported and step into another sort of stage i guess of my own movement life <laughs> fantastic thank you so much uh, i was just speaking with lisa hibert who is uh, one of the choreographers for the dark horse dance project this july My next pair of guests are visiting from Massachusetts, and uh, they have a link to Ottawa, though, so let's uh, get into that right off the bat, keep us on theme. We're going to be speaking with Maureen Shea and Douglas Rennick, uh, and Maureen is, is uh, our link to the city. She grew up here, uh, in, which included uh, studying at Ottawa School of Dance, along with most of uh, the other guests we've had thus far, as well as working with Le Groupe, uh, which was formerly Le Groupe de la Place Royale over in Montreal. Um, so lots of lots of history here, but has not presented work in Ottawa for 10 years. So this is a, an exciting return. And uh, Maureen, what brings you back for the Dark Horse Dance Project and this particular opportunity? Um, this came at a time when I was wanting to create work and just show work um, outside of Massachusetts. And so I saw this opportunity and it, it just came at a really good time. Um, it's very fun to be back in Ottawa and to be on the stamping ground where I did a lot of my training and a lot of my learning and to also see this next generation of independent dancers who are producing work. Um, so we come from the same lineage, if you like. Yes, and there's there's this kind of giving back as well that you 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 were just saying briefly that you've also taught at uh, Canterbury, which is an arts high school mm -hmm. here in the city. So you you have kind of layers of experience with dance in in Ottawa. Yeah, and it 
I also really appreciate the opportunity that the, this group of dancers is presenting as this project to be able to come back and show work. So it's very much a, a mutual appreciation um, situation. Mm -hmm. What has 10 years uh, out of the city, like wh what is going on in Massachusetts that is that is uh, something that you can bring forth in this presentation? Mm -hmm. So in Massachusetts, um, I worked a lot with children. So I taught dance uh, for the past 10 years um, and I have a children's performance group. Um, I've had a quieter dance year as I'm also preparing on a, for a solo that I hope to tour across Canada next year. Um, so I'm in the, the finishing stages of that right now. Um, and in, in Massachusetts, uh, I participated somewhat in the contemporary dance community there to sort of have a taste of how things are done elsewhere. I definitely learned some things, some things um, I, I've taken away with me. Um, I've had different teachers, so that's been great. Um, I've learned different ways of working. I've been able to continue my own artistic development, which feels like the most important. And so um, the thread continues to be threaded. Um, and coming back to Ottawa is an important part of that. Lovely. And you've brought with you this time because you're presenting a, a duet and on stage with you is Douglas. And Douglas, this is your first time in Ottawa. Uh, yes, I it is. would love to, to hear your initial uh, perspective on being part of the Dark Horse Dance Project and here uh, in Ottawa. Well, I was uh, deeply moved when Maureen asked me to help her put together a duet for presentation here. Um, so we've worked, uh, we've worked hard on this, and I felt like, well, she knows those people, she knows the city, uh, I'm in good hands in terms of working with her, and so we have, uh, we've enjoyed our work, and uh, I've only been in Ottawa for two days, but enjoying it so far, uh, except for all the construction work where the streets don't go through anymore. You can't get, you can't follow the instructions on, on the uh, GPS anymore. So uh, my wife and I have been figuring that out and it's working fine. We're okay, enjoying good. it. Yes. Yeah, it's a bit of a disaster downtown <laughs> these days. All right, so this work, which I had the opportunity to catch a glimpse of, is, uh, is quite beautiful and elegant. And the, the first um, question that came to my mind when watching it was, how on earth do you deal with pacing? Because uh, it's so beautifully paced, and that's a challenge, I think, in a, in a work without a, um, a literal narrative. And how do you approach pacing when you're creating? That's a really excellent question. <laughs> um, so we know that in order to keep an audience or an artist engaged, we need to have changes in the rhythm. Um, we need to figure out how long to develop an idea and when to shift the focus. Um, one of the things that I've done in this piece, it's called The Long Walk. And I've titled it because there's a long walk that happens in the middle of it. So it's almost like a warning that you're going to be sitting there for a while as this walk happens. And, and thus, in this piece, I'm playing with a passage of time. And I really enjoy having the audience sink in to how time passes in different ways. Sometimes we hardly notice it's passing because there is so much happening or it's very, you know, there's a lot of action. Sometimes it feels like it's moving extremely slowly. Um, and so in this piece, we have long moments of um, 
smaller actions, if you like, that are, I would say, even more human than theatrical. And we also have moments of bursts of intensity. Um, and again, I think the play of that, for me, has more to do with how we look at how time passes, even more than than a pacing, if you like. So I was really playing with, with that and also the depth of the space and being visually to see how time passes, yeah, in a space, how long it takes to get from point A to point B. Now, I'll, I'll let you decide how much we're giving away here, but there is an element involved that also um, changes the space and kind of gives us a proposition right off the top that, that uh, I think changes entirely what you can, what you are able to do with the pacing in terms mm -hmm. of setting up a proposition, if not a promise, to the audience about what might happen. Right. So I have n no worries about um, telling what's going to happen. <laughs> I think it creates more suspense, actually, and more interest. So, yeah, we work with eggs. And so we have many eggs, at the moment six dozen, in the space that are raw, whole eggs. And so right away it creates um, attention. Um, they are on the floor, and so the question is, we know there's a certain kind of fragility or delicateness of how to move around them, and we have a sense that there's a risk involved in that um, we have a sense of what could happen. And so right away, just the landscape um, in the space creates the world that we're stepping into, which I think for the dancers, it's a world of relationship in all of its complexities again not just internally for each of us or together but also in the landscape that we're in douglas not um, being a collaborator but not the main conceptor of this piece how did you um contribute to to your role in the performance seeing as you you have this this comfort and also this freshness on stage as you're approaching these objects and approaching this movement? Well, I've tried to learn to look up and it's very difficult when you got eggs on the floor not to be worried about stepping on them. So uh, I, I get a few more looks up than I did in the past. And um, the, other, the other thing is in the long walk, uh, the pacing of the walk itself is not on the beat of the music. And it's been a challenge because my body wants to get in sync with the beat and not with just paying attention to the walking at a, at a constant pace. And so that, that's, been a, that's been a challenge. Um, I feel like I, my contribution may have to do with like what I am capable of, uh, of doing around um, Keeping the keeping off the beat and in the rhythm and uh, and also um, uh, being where I should be when Maureen is could be miss me and fall into the eggs and we're trying to avoid that. Um, so it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh, and challenging and I hope my presence has offered something about uh, to the piece because. I think any person in this role uh, would alter the piece in some way. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's very successfully uh, risky and visceral. <laughs> I'm satisfied. <laughs> well, there was a time we did a 
uh, a little um, residency with some of the kids that I work with and we were all working on duets and Doug and I were working on duets our duet and as we were doing that um, there came we hadn't stepped on any eggs yet and the kids were saying to Doug we, you have to step on the eggs. Doug, you have to step on the eggs. So we went home that night. The next day I came in and I said, Doug, this is the day when you're going to step on the eggs. And Doug was a little aghast. And um, all of a sudden, as we were all in our working groups going ahead, Doug stepped on an egg and it was like a pin dropping in a room and everything went quiet. And my seven-year-old son ran over and said, high five for stepping on an egg, Doug. And, he, and then from there, we showed it with Doug stepping on every egg and the kids were just wild and throwing up their arms and they were Doug's biggest cheerleaders. And, and you know, it's like any, in any artistic project, there are things we have to get past and I love collaborating with Doug we've danced a few times together and I've also created a solo for him in the past and it's the freshness like you mentioned and the conscientiousness that he brings to his presence um, and his willingness to to go in a lot of sort of unusual places that I really appreciate as a choreographer and director well, it's a success, and I have to say I'm now uh, very jealous, and I want a control group of children to show my work, too, because I <laughs> feel like they would have great ideas and feedback. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Any last words about the work or about Dark Horse Dance Project? I do want to say, again, just to offer my appreciation for um, Dark Horse Dance Projects and for the team that's come together. Again, as somebody who formerly lived in Ottawa and was an independent dancer here, you know, I trained every day here at Le Group. Um, I was never part of the company, but I was an independent dancer and on the scene. Um, I know that that's a difficult role to have, as exciting as it is. It's also challenging to be able to make ends meet and to stay um, awake creatively and all of that. And I just think they're doing a fabulous job of it with um, such grounded enthusiasm and it's really an honor to be here and to meet these people. Great, thank you so much. Uh, I've been speaking with Maureen Shea and Douglas Rennick who are presenting a piece as part of Dark Horse Dance Projects. From solos to duets and now to trios, the next group of artists I'm going to be speaking to are collaborating on a work together. It's uh, three recent uh, slash almost graduates from the Ottawa School of Dance, and so three local Ottawa artists at the moment. Uh, I'm going to be speaking with Elizabeth Amon Stevenson, Lois Chan, and Jessica Ut. We'll speak with Elizabeth first because she's got the microphone in hand. Uh, I would like to know uh, if the three of you have been collaborating long. Um, well, we liked working together in school. Um, we didn't get the chance to do a ton, a ton of collaboration together in school. Um, but whatever we were put together in, in projects, we really enjoyed that work. So that's sort of why we decided to embark on this project together. This is an open question. Uh, what uh, does being part of the Dark Horse uh, Dance Projects showcase mean as recent <laughs> students? This is Lois now. Um, well, for me, it's like my first professional performance um, as a dance artist. So um, it's like a, 
it's a new beginning, I guess. And it's like a first trial at what it's like to be in the professional dance world. And um, it also like, it goes along with one of like my goals with dance, which is to expand the dance community in Ottawa. Um, so this gives me a chance to do that as well. And uh, for for Jessica, would you like to contribute? Comme pour moi, je trouve que Dark Arts c'est un projet où ce qu'on peut euh, commencer à élaborer sur un sujet, puis essayer aussi de le produire dans ce monde professionnel, qui est le, le monde professionnel de la danse, puis de le démontrer devant public aussi. Ok, puis ça permet aussi de contribuer les trois ensemble, de collaborer tout le monde ensemble. And Elizabeth, did you want to add anything about the the participation in Dark Horse? Yeah. Uh, I guess it's nice because the people who um, have created Dark Horse and who are working to promote this project are um, people that we know through our school um, and it's a community that has helped us grow a lot. So it's it's nice to do something with them um, and for them to support us in the project and for us to be able to contribute in this way to the project and um, to um, adding our own audience members um, to the local scene. And now let's bring it back to the work itself. And uh, I am going to start with the process because I'm endlessly fascinated in collaborations like this, especially three-way choreography. How do you start a process with three brains, three choreographers? We started by brainstorming something that we felt like passionate about that we could generate enough material about to create a piece um so really we started by discussing amongst ourselves what was like really on our minds um in the past year um and what we ended up coming up with was sort of like a really general theme but that fit with what we were feeling um of appearance versus reality and um how messages can get misconstrued um, within yourself and within communication with others and um, depending on the mood you're in, the mood your person, the person you're speaking with is in, um, context. Yeah, so basically like uh, how sometimes we felt that we are trying really hard to express certain things and how they would come out like completely different or distorted the action would come out distorted than what we actually were trying to share with people um, and how we found that really frustrating and how it's such a process to figure out how to express something and have it come out the way you originally intended it to be. Um, I think like generally in terms of creating the movement wise um, with three brains, three choreographers, three styles of moving, um, we're pretty accepting of like each other's movements. I feel like we accepted more movements than we declined <laughs> from each other. And that's actually how we came up with such a large movement bank is that we just kept accepting each other's movement ideas. Um, so that was really great that we were able to work in that way. Um, and in the end, we had to actually throw away a lot of movement that we made in order to make the piece work and deliver the message that we wanted to. Puis aussi, je trouve qu'à trois, c'est le fun aussi de, euh, de faire évoluer le mouvement de l'autre. Mm. Puis aussi, c'est autant bon comme pour la personne de se rendre compte que, ah, tu sais, notre mouvement s'est fait évoluer, tu sais, puis que l'autre personne aussi a l'aide à contribuer pour ça. Moi, ça a été une grande richesse de ce processus-là. 
do you do you decide everything by a democratic process or do you ever have to like put somebody in charge of perhaps a structure or something specific that they have a an interest or skill at or is it pretty much always a discussion and exchange we tried really hard <laughs> to make it democratic um yeah i'd say we did our best for it to be democratic obviously like we're human so sometimes things shifted for certain areas um yeah i'd say we we did as well as we could sticking to the idea of three people contributing um in the context that we were occupying at the time we didn't assign specific roles to each other like we were all equal in the process it was like we're all choreographer and we're all performing this so it wasn't like we've never had type of like authoritative role over each other um but like when something need to be done like we just keep each other accountable Mm -hmm. and like we just be like hey like maybe we should have a rehearsal now or like maybe we should do this now but it wouldn't be like oh that person's in charge that's why that's why we need to listen Mm -hmm. so je pense que ça se faisait naturellement. comme les décisions se prenaient naturellement, puis on était capable de se parler. De notre point de vue, on écoutait tout le monde quand même, mais après ça, on était capable de prendre une décision commune quand même. Je pense. How about the product itself now? So you've spoken a little bit a bit about the themes of the piece. Um, does anybody want to take a stab at telling us with their words what it, what we're going to experience as an audience member during the during your work? Je pense que le public vont, euh, vont recevoir un message. C'est comme, je pense que c'est ça, mais le message qu'on on cherche à, à essayer de communiquer à travers cette pièce-là, je pense que ça va être, euh, ouais, ça va être comme un, une découverte pour eux, je pense. And in terms of, in terms of like physicality and staging, what's the mood? I think it'd be more, um, they'd feel curious, probably. Um, kind of like a mysterious kind of atmosphere, I would say, uh, because like the whole piece is about trying to decipher what we're trying to say, because what we're saying is all like in kind of like movement codes kind of thing. It's like somewhat mysterious. Um, there's um, nothing like explicit about it. We're not like there's no message that they're going to click with immediately and like our point of doing it wasn't for them to necessarily understand like we're saying this specific thing to you um it's more like a vibe i guess that we're wanting them to catch on to um and i guess we're hoping that they'll notice our shifts of intention and focus throughout because it kind of shifts from um a place of um external focus and isolation to um, discovering that we're in a group and um, realizing that we have more power as a group to transmit intentions and messages together. And um, that throughout the piece, we are being pulled as we are in life by external forces, but that we're trying to uh, follow in the path that we are aiming for. Right. Last question and last chance to 
to say anything you'd like. Um, and Lois, you started us a bit on this, but I would love to hear about career aspirations and next steps. And uh, as recent graduates and for Jessica, almost graduates from the School of Dance, what is next? Um, I don't really know exactly. Like, I don't have, like, a plan because I find whenever I make those plans, it, like, super stresses me out. So anyway, um, I know that, like, the kind of work I want to do is... Um, work that combines different mediums with dance not all the time but sometimes I'm really um, interested in collaboration with like theater and music and um, really having those as important to the piece as the dance those elements because I feel like um, not all the time but sometimes in contemporary dance like we add the music on like a week before the piece and we don't even like get to embody the music and I'm like really into the music um yeah uh and I guess also trying to um expand the Ottawa scene but um not limiting myself to that um and really just like exploring um different ways of expressing myself and moving and trying to push myself um and as a new graduate, discovering how to do that without the structure of a program or school in place um, so that it's sort of me who's um, creating the impetus and discovering what I like by going to different places, taking workshops, um, writing grants and trying to um, develop my own work as well as um, seeking out people who want to make work with others. For me, um, like I've always been interested in like contemporary dance because it's really diverse like there's not just one way of contemporary dance like like even in the olden days like the not olden days but like in the <laughs> previous years there's like there's like Graham and there's like Limon like those are like different styles um but even now like contemporary has grown to like even fuse different dance styles together like hip-hop and break dance with contemporary so like I'm really interested in um like learning diverse types of dance and seeing how they can fit together and like people have already done it so like I want to explore with them like what it's like and what the movement style is like when you fuse things together um and like I said before, like I want to try and expand the dance community in Ottawa in the sense that like not just the people who go and do dance in studios and stuff, but like actually come out and see what contemporary dance can be. It's not just competitive um, for your children to do competitions and stuff like it could be so much more. Um, so, yeah, like whether that means just doing more performances, creating opportunities like the other graduates have already done, or even like teaching um, children like the contemporary dance that I've learned, like that that's of interest in my future, I guess. <laughs> Euh, ben pour moi, ma, pour ma part, comme mon futur est un petit peu flou en ce moment, mais euh, dans le fond, comme moi, j'ai décidé de venir à The School of Dance pour découvrir différents styles, de différents chorégraphes et tout. Puis je découvre avec le temps que c'est beaucoup qu ce qui est physique que j'aime. J'aimerais ça, après l'école, aller découvrir, euh, prendre plus d'expérience avec différents chorégraphes qui sont comme plus physiques ou différents workshops, différents travails. Puis j'aimerais ça aussi euh, aller beaucoup dans vers l'enseignement aussi, là, découvrir, essayer de de monter une espèce de programme aussi contemporain, bien-être, faire de la formation là-dedans aussi. Là. 
Donc, je verrai bien où ce que ça va m'amener. Thank you. Thank you three so much for sitting down with me. I've been speaking with uh, Lois Chan, Elizabeth Amon Stevenson, and Jessica Ott. And uh, the, these three ladies are co-choreographing and, and all three performing in a work for the Dark Horse Dance Projects. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns. Tune in next week for more coverage of the Dark Horse Dance projects. Thank you very much to the team for giving me full access to cover the project this year. And also thank you to Paula Flalo and the No More Radio Network for support. I'm going to leave you with a preview of the next upcoming episode. Like I, I literally spent pretty much my entire career doing Edward Locke's work for, for the most part. I did some ballet, some classical ballet, and then I moved right into dancing for Edward Locke. And then when I kind of left La 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 Human Steps, I, I ended up dancing more Edward Locke work with Louise Le Cavalier. We revisited his old work, older works together. So, um, so yeah, as a choreographer or to step into the role of choreographer, um, I had a lot of anxiety about uh, just, you know, sort of, rehashing uh, this very specific aesthetic and style that I'd, that I'd come to know. De l'idée de base, on parlait plus de, de l'image de la rockstar, puis du fame, puis le, tout le glamour qui va avec ça. Puis on mettait ça beaucoup en opposition avec le fait d'être comme quelconque, puis d'être juste un dans une masse, puis de pas vraiment avoir d'identité... C'est un peu comme la glorification de l'identité, l'image de la rockstar versus comme tout l'aspect plus comme humain, ben verre de terre, parce qu'on utilise l'image du verre de terre versus euh, l'humain. Puis ça, de ce qu'on a gardé de ça, c'est vraiment l'aspect de l'évolution de l'humain. And then I discovered the, uh, les expositions coloniales, or the colonial exposition in 1931 in Paris that happened uh, not so long ago and they had uh, these uh, human zoos or like these humans in in um, prisons or what do you call them I, I, I wouldn't know how to say it just hit <laughs> cages <laughs> and uh, they would be exposed and they we people noble people could go see them and um see these uh, humans in those cages and that just inspired me to go forward with that humanoid idea in cages yeah okay.